Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast, where two old school Heroes fangirls talk about the show and defend its honor. My name's Rachel. And I'm Keisha. And today we are talking about the seventh episode of season two, Out of Time. And Keisha, I don't think we have any new news, do we? No, we really don't. There wasn't anything that came to our attention anyway this week, so we're just gonna go ahead and skip that and get right into the episode before we run out of time. Uh... Woo! (laughs) Let's dive in. Woo, quick intro. Wow, wham bam. Thank you, (laughs) ma'am. There it is. Let's do it. So we pick up the episode with Hero Bound and his face is like hovering over a bowl with smoke coming out of it and then we see kensei come strolling through like yeah can't stop time with your nose stuck in a dollop of opium so hero's all drugged out right now he's out of commission and we see um yaiko and her father tied up behind him and yaiko's like free him just let him go come on kensei we don't have to be this way and he's like nah i'm gonna get a really nice reward from whitebeard for capturing hero and once his army rolls through here i'm gonna get half of japan and you're going to be my princess. And Yaiko's like, I'll never be your princess. <laughs> I love Hero. And uh, Kensei gets all like, you hear that, Carp? She thinks she loves you. Poor, pitiful you. And he's like, you know, I'm going to be the greatest leader that Japan has ever known. And I'll change history. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's going to change uh... history. Doesn't mean that it's going to be for the better, but he's going to do something. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any initial thoughts on on those two, or shall I? Um, pretty much just what I told you before we started recording. That uh, I, I love when Kensei just goes full heel turn. Yes, David Anders is an incredible villain. That's mm-hmm. all. He's he's got that Quinto thing where it's just like you're so good at it, though. I know you can play other things, but you're so good at it. And I think. <laughs> we're going too off topic but unlike quinto i think that like he embraces it yeah i'll be the bad guy a lot more than zingo Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) yep yep yeah i don't know i just i feel like uh he just is such a good villain i've I've been waiting in our rewatch to to finally get to this point and so i was just very pleased throughout his scenes in this episode in japan that's all yeah okay cool He's great. No notes for him. <laughs> no notes. Just stay perfect. All right. <laughs> I said before the episode was turned to, I was a little worried that my remembering of Kensei was wrong. And like, I'm like, did he come off as more skeezy with, with uh, Yaiko and shit? But he really didn't. So. Yeah. Cause I had actually also thought the same thing, but he, he does not. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So let's move on a little bit. And we see um, Noah Bennett and the paintings. And we flash through the paintings again, and we get to see the other painting that we only saw part of in the episode before, which is the quarantine sign painting, but it looks like Peter and someone else behind him looking through a window. So Noah calls Mohinder, and he's like, have they given you a gun? (laughs) Because if you remember, one of the paintings is Mohinder with a broken nose and a company gun. (laughs) Mohinder's like, what are you going on about? They've not given me a gun, but they've given me a partner. And Noah's like, oh, that's just procedure, because Noah's going to try to send him the painting pictures. Mohinder's, like, really concerned, like, no, what if I get caught? What are they going to do to me? Am I just expendable to you? And before Noah can get more in, Nikki comes in the room and he hangs up. And Nikki's like, oh, Mohinder, Bob needs to see you. But we go back to uh, Noah, who is burning the paintings. I don't know why he's burning the paintings. 
<laughs> I know. That's what I said in my notes. I was like, oh, sure. As though that's going to change the future. That's not how that works. I know, right? I'm like, why are we burning them? for? You could just leave them <laughs> there. He's getting emotional, I guess, you know. For the drama. Yeah, like... Uh, it's, it's kind of like, if I can jump ahead just briefly, what you said about how you misremembered, uh, Ken say a little bit and so did I. Mm-hmm. I did not remember how goddamn off of his fucking nut Noah is in this season. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. He's, he's off the reservation entirely. Yeah, he's, he's getting sloppy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we go back to Nikki and Mohinder for a second. And she's like, I get it, you don't want a partner, but, you know, that's not my call. And then Mohinder's like, wait, what's that noise? Because we hear an alarm going off. And people are kind of, like, rushing around him. And then Bob comes in, like, alright, we're evacuating the facility. And Mohinder's like, well, why are we evacuating? he's like, ask them. And who should be coming <laughs> down the hall but Nathan Petrelli and Matt Parkman. And then Matt does a rundown of everything that Mohinder's missed about... <laughs> His father, and um, what happened to Kaito and the Angela, and he's like, "Well, Bob's next, so we have to get that all going." Oh, because he's like, "Yeah, he killed Kaito," and I'm like, "Did he?" <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the understanding that we're operating under, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Like, did he kill Kaito? I mean, okay. <laughs> so he killed Kaito, and yeah, he's coming for Bob. Da da. <laughs> Oh, man. I love when Matt and Nathan roll up. And so it's, like, the little, like, group of them. I like group scenes on this show, for one thing. Mm -hmm. That's always fun. Uh, But then also, uh, they very smartly give a moment to have Nathan and Nikki exchange a look. Because, you know, remember? (laughs) They banged. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They just keep showing up in each other's lives. These paths just keep crossing. They sure do. Yeah, we get a nice chunk of them together in this episode. We do. I I really, that was, this is my favorite part of the episode, I would say, ultimately, is just all the time that the, like, five or six people spend in the company. Mm-hmm. So, Agreed. Yeah. But, you know, we're company girls. We love that shit. Exactly. So. <laughs> that's, that's our bread and butter. Oh, my God. It is. I could, I could legit watch a whole season of that. I've been very upfront about that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. At least, like, a half one like this one. Yes. Um, so... We go from New York in the present day to New York in a, in a dark future. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Oh, dearest me. So we see where we had left off uh, last week with Peter and Caitlin in some sort of messed up future where, again, New York City is trashed and it's super duper empty. It is absolutely, it's a ghost town. And they figure out from some, you know, uh, flyers that they see that everyone's been evacuated by Homeland Security. And I want to take a minute here. Um, isn't it kind of funny how the show uses Homeland Security? Like, they use Homeland Security a lot mm-hmm. in different functions in every season uh, because they were the baddies in the Five Years Gone-verse. Uh, they were, like, the, you know, fucking jackboots going around rounding up specials. And then now they are, like, the big part of this pandemic storyline in the future. I just think it's funny that they keep using it all the time because it's an—it's probably because it was a newer um, organization. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they could play with it like that. I don't know. I just like a thought I had last night. I was like, oh, it was such a new thing from the administration that they could just kind of have it fill any need that they desired in a story. So Peter and Caitlin, as they're wandering around, they get apprehended. These huge, these trucks roll up and these men in... Uh, hazmat suits come up and 
they accost them and they ask them if they have any symptoms or if they're sick and they're they're both very very confused obviously they don't know what the hell is really going on and they're like take them to deca- uh, decontamination now and then they they whisk them away and then whoosh heroes whoosh heroes <laughs> yeah yeah so very hectic it is kind and, of and i thought about this last week too where you see the empty like times square where we've seen pictures like that in the very recent past for <laughs> for uh quarantine stuff yeah absolutely so yeah they're they're in a bit of a sticky wicket <laughs> <laughs> i hope it doesn't end tragically anyways um so back <laughs> peter petrelli's involved i'm sure it'll be fine uh back in the present day Claire is chilling and she's lying in bed as her phone buzzes. She gets a text and it's West and he's asking if she's had breakfast yet. And she's like, no, I just woke up. And he's like, huh? And it's like, well, it smells like you're having waffles. And you know what? She goes downstairs and boy, howdy, if West isn't just, you know, fucking there, uninvited, ingratiating himself with the fam. And I'm just like this guy <laughs> like this whole fucking scene oh my god do you know what it reminds me of okay so i'm setting aside my company boy energy um comments mm-hmm. he's like a guy in a lifetime movie true he's like super sweet and super charismatic and everybody loves him and he makes the family love him and and then he's gonna like go right around and then just like i don't know like kill your dog and fucking like <laughs> try to set you on fire i don't know lifetime movies are wild <laughs> but like that's definitely what it reminds me of in this scene it's like oh my god you need to not mm-hmm. so yeah he's just there he's just making waffles in their kitchen and sandra's allowing it because i mean you know she's i love sandra <laughs> i'll just say <laughs> that like i just you know it's it's fine it's fine so he asks if Mr. Butler will be joining them, and I'm just like, oh, I would have paid money for that. <laughs> uh, Sandra's just, you know, kind of leaving them to it, and she's just like, he's adorable, declared. I was like, oh, you're cute. Sandra, you're cute. <laughs> and when it's just the two of them alone, he's like, I need to show you something. And he gets the newspaper, and he's like, we're infamous. Debbie got suspended for the little stunt that they pulled in the last episode. But the problem is, obviously, it's in the papers. So that's the kind of story that I dare say we uh, commented that a a company intern, perhaps, would be paid to notice. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Because look what happens later. (laughs) Yes. Um, So Claire is correctly concerned that this is going to draw negative attention. And uh, Wes is so creepy. He's just like, I just want to be part of your life, Claire. Like that. I was like, that is lifetime movie energy (laughs) right there. Like, holy shit. And uh, they end up kissing and, you know, because teenage hormones. And she leans in while they're kissing and she she pushes down a framed photo of the family. So he doesn't see who Mr. Butler really is. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Any, Any thoughts about... The Lifetime movie, the Lifetime fucking channel movie that is this. Uh, yeah, I get it that that's probably, like, an appealing fucking thing for a teenage... Oh, 100%. ...girl to, like, be oh. into, like, oh, he's just completely into me, look at all this stuff he's doing, but yeah, mm-hmm. like, Jesus boy, back off. Oh my god, do you have breaks? <laughs> Not even are they broken, do you have them? Who cut the break line, bro? <laughs> god... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Waffles, though, once again, important to heroes, yep. remember it. And he was feeding some to Mr. Muggles. 
Yeah, and now Mr. Muggles is his friend for life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. That's how that works. But Mr. Muggles likes Tyler, too. So I mean, he, He's not a great judge of character. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. So going back to New York again, and we see our, our little group again, and <laughs> Mohinder is straight in a tiz. He's just like, how do you know your father's coming to kill Bob? And uh, Bob's like, well... We found Maury's car ditched on the side of the road outside the facility. So he's obviously on his way. And Matt's like, okay, so we need to take you into protective custody to Bob. And Bob's like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And he's like, you couldn't keep Angela Petrelli safe on your watch. Ouch. (laughs) Rude. It's true, True, but rude. (laughs) And so Mahinder's like, well, okay, well, then, like, you would be the bait in this scenario if you stay here. And... Bob's like, eh, we all have our roles to play. And Nathan just swings right in. He's like, you know what? That's what Linderman used to say, and my mother too. It's always these half-truths, no straight answers, just constant manipulations. I love that line from him. You can tell Nathan just wants to like get into this mystery. He wants to get his hands dirty. He wants to get to the bottom of company. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now Bob's vulnerable, so he actually has someone that he can like ask questions of and maybe find some stuff out. So Bob has a plan. He tasks Mohinder and Nikki with injecting Maury with the virus. Now, if you recall, Mohinder doesn't cotton to that at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. He does not want to do that. He doesn't want to just keep, you know, he doesn't want to randomly stab people with this, like, potentially deadly virus. But Bob's like, it's okay. Because what we'll do is we'll inject him, and then we'll heal him with the uh, antibodies in your blood. And it'll be fine. No harm, no foul. Right? No one dies here today. And so, Nikki is... I, I-, I like Nikki in this episode. Can I just say that? Mm-hmm. Like... I really do like her in this episode. She wants to help. Um, she wants to face off against Maury. And everyone's like, no, no, no. Bob's like, it's got to be Matt. And Bob claims that Matt can become just as powerful as Maury. I mean, he just really has to apply himself. Which basically is like Matt's struggle throughout the first two seasons of the show. Because it kind of is a nice parallel with like his struggle on the force with the detective exams. And like now this. So he just has to... You know, unlock his potential. Let go of his, you know, self-doubt and his past regrets. And maybe he can do something really incredible. Do something extraordinary, Matt. Extraordinary. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Debbie. Um, yes. (laughs) Extraordinary, Claire. Yeah. And yeah, Bob would know, because Bob would be like, yeah, Maury used to just read minds, now look at him. Exactly. And I love that. I like how that's kind of implied, too, as nobody's, like, questioning it. They're like, oh, well, Bob knows this guy, so, mm-hmm. you know, he, he knows how Maury started. So it's all up to Matt. It's all up to little Matty Parkman. We believe in you, Matt. <laughs> go, go, Matt, go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just, I love, I love frustrated Mohinder just in a tizzy fit, this whole scene. Just like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, yeah, like the virus when Henry's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, back to Japan. Ooh, back to Japan. Oh, bink. Yeah. Uh, drugged out hero is still in the tent with Yaiko and her father. And uh, her father's like, oh, I shouldn't have forged those guns. It's all my fault. And there's a guard that's watching it, but he kind of walks off to do his own thing. <laughs> Not exactly be the greatest <laughs> guard in the world. That guy's going to get fired. (laughs) (laughs) 
And Yaiko's all like, all right, don't worry about it. Because they always underestimate women. That's their folly. So she is able to pick her cuffs and free herself. And when she gets free, she runs over to here and pulls the opium away. And she's kind of like smacking him like, all right, come on here. You got to pull it together. We have to get away now while the guard's not paying attention. And we actually see the guard getting scolded by another <laughs> guy out there like, you're supposed to be on, dude. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> Go wash the tent. He's like, this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> you always do this. What the hell? Exactly. Yeah. So she's like trying to get Hero to teleport them away. And sure enough, they barely get away before the guard comes in and finds the tent empty. So yeah, there's the yeah. little dip into feudal Japan. We see them get away. We see Aiko, you know, with a backbone being like, yeah, I can get out of here. Don't worry about it. Being great. She's yeah. always been like that. She's been like, I'll fight him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, give me the sword. I'll do mm-hmm. it. Like, it's like, yeah, we know it's probably not going to end well, but you really have to admire her pluck and her courage. Mm-hmm. So, Well, like we said yeah. back at that episode with the bandit, she was holding her own. That's true, too. Before Hero yep. came in there. Go, Yaiko. Yeah. So, from feudal Japan, let's go to future New York, <laughs> where we see Peter and Caitlin getting a very rough shower. <laughs> nice little decontamination shower from the guys. Nice little fangirl moment for the rest mm-hmm. of the time. <laughs> Well, not even just girls. Not even just girls. Everyone can appreciate yes. that. Yep, yep, yep. And from this uh, fan service moment, we <laughs> see Peter sitting alone at a table, and a man walks up to him. Do we ever find out his name? I don't even think he's credited with a name in the credits. Um, I believe he's just, like, DHS officer. He does not have a name. So this guy comes up to him, and he's like, Peter Petrelli, hmm, according to these files, you're a dead man. So how does a dead man walk around New York City with no sign of infection? So Peter apparently died in his future. Oh, dear. And Peter wants to know where Caitlin is. And he's like, she's from Ireland. All foreigners are deported. So she's going to be deported. And Peter gets upset about that. But then the uh, Homeland Security guy sort of walks Peter through what's going on. March 20th, 2007, the first Shanti virus case is reported. And then it's spread across the globe as a pandemic. 93% of the world population has been killed to date. Whew. And the rest of us, we're in quarantine and just looking for a cure. And we get to see the painting realized, where Peter and the guy are looking out a biohazard window, upon Mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bodies. They're all wrapped up. And Peter's like, all these people died from the virus? The Homeland Security guy is like, yeah, it's been a tough week. (laughs) So, oof. Big oof. Too real. (laughs) I know, right? Well... Who, who could have known? We didn't know. No, we did not. We did not. <laughs> so, we did oh, not. man. Yeah, I love uh, I love his reaction to it, Peter's reaction to seeing all those bodies. Because it's not just a typical human tragedy response you would expect. The guy's a nurse. Mm-hmm. That's going to hit him hard, the loss of human life like that. Oh, yeah. Poor dude. Yes, indeed. So, let's see. Let's let's go back to the, the non-bad future New York <laughs> in, in the present. <laughs> And we see Matt, and he's talking with Molly. And he's having... Uh, okay, like, this, this is actually, like, a really sweet moment from the character. And, like, Grunny's really good in this scene. Um, he expresses his regret to her about having her use her ability for him. And he talks about all of the, the like, doubts and fears that he had as a child regarding, you know, why his dad left them. And he's like, I thought I was too slow, too fat, too stupid. I thought if I was better, then he would have stayed. 
And I was like, oh, hmm. well, Maddie P. And he tells her that he loves her. And you can see on her monitor that's, you know, tracking her, you know, vitals, that when he speaks with her and they have this little, like, moment of connection, it's actually charting. So he's actually starting to be able to get through to her and no one else could. And that's because he's got big brain powers. He's got mind powers. And he's going to learn how to use them, damn it. So they have, like, you know, that really sweet moment there. And meanwhile, Mohinder and Nikki are trying to go about loading up and getting a dose of the Shawnee virus so they can take Mori down. And (laughs) she's like, you don't trust Bob, do you? And uh, he goes, did he put you up to this? And she's like, I put me up to this. Because he can't fathom, you know, that she has made this choice for herself. Mm -hmm. That this is where her life needs to be right now. You know, he can only fathom that it's part of a greater manipulation, part of a greater scheme. And it's like, no, Nikki needs to do this for herself right now. And I I, I wish we would have had more time to explore that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we don't get it. I'll tell you that right now. It, it's like our whole episode where we complained about Nikki uh, and not in like, or Nikki, but in like, a, oh, the writers really failed her kind of way. It's part of that, I think. So I like when Mohinder is just like talking about Bob and he's just like, Bob is morally gray at best. Like... No, I don't. I don't trust the guy. I'm. I'm not happy about having to listen to his orders. That's just how it is, though. And um, you know, everyone's just being. It's so great. It's such a great foreshadowing thing. Cause everyone's just being so like, it's fine if we use the Shanti virus in this way, because you know your blood, right? The antibodies in your blood—they're a cure-all. Everything will be fine. And I love how Mohinder constantly still is just staying the course. He's like, no, just because it's a safety net doesn't mean it's ethical. Like we shouldn't do this. And Nikki's like, dude. I've killed a lot of people, and these people have actually helped me. And before they can really get into that more, um, oh my god, holy shit, a random ghost yell disagrees with her. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> hey, hey, guy. And so he's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like, if you've ever seen anything ever, you know right away it's that old trope about, like, it, it's all of her negative thoughts being expressed. So obviously Maury's already there, and he's at work. And as though we needed to confirm this, we absolutely see Maury step out of a room that was near them in the hall they were in after they, you know, leave the hallway. He's, yeah, he's there. He's fucking with brains. He's, he's making them doubt themselves. Game on, I suppose. Dun dun. But it was nice to see Leonard Roberts again. Yes. And we'll see him again later, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I dare say we see uh, him in the next episode as well. I was just going to say, we do see him in the next episode, and I hope everyone's ready for my audio spikes uh, in that next episode <laughs> regarding that. Um, I'll try to turn my mic down. So anyway, uh, we we flip over. We're still in Hartsdale, and Nathan and Bob, and they're in uh, in office together, and Nathan says he knows these other families, Linderman, Nakamura, Pratt, DeVoe. We don't, we don't know Pratt yet. We will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then he's like, but who's who's Adam Monroe? Because you see all these, like, you know, there's, like, giant boxes of, like, folders, and they have his name on them. And Bob's like, Adam is complicated. Adam was the one who convinced us that we belong together, that we could make the world a better place for us and for our children. So Bob goes about showing him an old newspaper clipping that talks about snow falling in Miami. Crazy thing, right? 
And he's like, that headline could have read Tsunami Wipes Out Eastern Seaboard. And I understand what they're doing there by bringing that up. Like, obviously, them working together, you know, made a potential tragedy less. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't get to dig into that really at all. No. Like, they kind of don't follow up with that. Because uh, Nathan's like, what the hell does that even mean, you know? And Bob's the one that's like, okay, so here's the thing. Adam's the one that's trying to kill us. And he's like, you know, I know Maury Parkman is, is his weapon. He's his blunt instrument. And he's talking about how when people have these abilities, they tend to think of themselves as gods. And when they were with Adam, he began to talk about all kinds of crazy things. Like holocausts and plagues. And Nathan's like, that sounds like Linderman. And he's like, well, Linderman was Adam's disciple. So in order to prevent, you know, mass chaos, the group of them decided to lock Adam Monroe up and throw away the key. But he escaped two weeks ago. And now he wants revenge. And I love how Nathan's just like, huh. Sounds like you're reaping what you sow. Like, <laughs> I love his whole tone and attitude to this episode. Just like, sounds like you bitches just deserve what's coming, really. Like, mm-hmm. after, after what he's been through, like, after, you know, the loss he thinks he suffered in this moment, like, with Peter and, you know, his family and his life, basically. I love that he's very just like, huh, sucks for you. Like, you should have seen this coming. You guys messed with things you shouldn't have messed with. And, uh, Bob pretty much tells him he has to care about this and he has to care about helping because of Peter. And Nathan gets this really dark look on his face and he's like, if you talk about my brother, you need to be very careful about what you say next. And Bob tells him that Peter is alive. Which up to this point, Nathan did not know. Ah, company shenanigans. So much company stuff. So much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any, any thoughts on all that fun? Yeah, a lot of info dump this episode, a lot of pausing and being like, oh, I gotta catch up to type. (laughs) It is. Who's this Adam Monroe? (laughs) Who's this guy? Yeah. Wait, wasn't there a, there was a note in Montreal. From some Adam guy to Peter? Had a name, name on it. Oh no. Could they be connected? Maybe, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Adam's kind of a common name, but I mean. True we'll find out very true (laughs) everyone's like stop (laughs) i know everyone's like we know oh Oh, man take us back to pandemic town (laughs) so after seeing all those bodies peter is now walking back to that little area he was held in with the the um, homeland security guy and who should be sitting at the table but (gasps) angela Angela's there and she's like, oh my gosh. She hugs him and Peter immediately pulls away. He's like, do I know you? Because <laughs> remember, amnesia. Amnesia boy. And Angela's like, they brought me here to help you because you need to remember who you are. And she goes through the whole spiel of like, you, you absorb abilities from other people. You're the best of us. You're like, you're the one that needs to save us. You fly into the face of danger like your brother did. <laughs> and he's like, I had a brother. And she's like, yeah, he died in the first outbreak. And Peter's like, well, how am I here? I'm supposed to be dead. And she's like, you met a man named Hiro Nakamura who can travel through time and space. And that's how you're here. And you can use that to change history. And Peter's like, oh my God, I can't. And she's like, you must. It's like, "Uh Peter, you have to do this. Peter, you need to remember who yourself. You need to remember who I am. And we see Peter kind of going through these flashbacks of Angela, 
We get a little new one of her, like, bringing a birthday cake out. Mm -hmm. So Peter suddenly remembers her. And he's like, Mom. And they hug it out. So Peter at least remembers Angela right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to save him. He does. It's his, it's his lot in life, unfortunately for him. Um, yeah. Two things about that. One, you, you did not mention that he punched a table and that was fun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or as I put, he gets all frustrated and punches the tabletop and I get all a flutter. Um, and then, uh, (laughs) and then the first thing I was like, huh, Angela looks like she's doing just fine. Really? Yeah. She's she's still in her nice clothes, and she does not look rough at all. And I'm willing to bet that she's in one of those like luxury bunkers they, that people are supposedly like buying a lot of right now. <laughs> she still looks pretty fucking rich to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Class war. <laughs> looking a lot better than she's probably looking sitting in a uh, jail right now, in the present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't class warred in a while. So. Yeah, it's about time it's been brought back. Well, it's always there. It's it's, it's ever present. It sure is. Yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about um, Peter just like remembering again, like just like whoop? Okay, he's he's getting his memories back, at least of his mom. So it's probably just because he was around her for that long. Like I think looking probably, at just a photo huh? of Nathan is not enough to jog it. Looking at a name isn't enough to jog it. Yeah. But yeah. her being there and like being confronted by her was just enough to do it. Plus, I wonder if her, like, ability has any sort of, you know... Could be. Well, he was able to, I guess, you know, heal from whatever might have caused him amnesia. That's true. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved loved the random scene of Angela with a birthday cake. Yeah, she was bringing (laughs) in his birthday cake. It was his mom. mom. (laughs) He's her favorite. Everyone knows it. (laughs) (laughs) He's baby. He's baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He's the best of them. Yes, he absolutely is. So let's go to California again, where we get to see Mr. Muggles just completely perving out on Claire and West making <laughs> out. He's like full blown watching them make out. It's like weird. <laughs> but they're uh Don't kink don't kink shame Mr. Muggles. <laughs> I I can and I will. Episode title right there. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, Claire and West are, like, listening to uh, music off of a uh, flip phone. Nice little MP3 listening, and they're making out. And she asks him if his marks on his neck hurt. And he's like, no, they're just there. Painless souvenirs of my alien abduction from the guy in the horn rim glasses. <laughs> and then Claire, like, oh. She's like, you know, Wes, if you're going to keep dropping into my house, there's something I have to tell you. And West Meat is like, oh my god, and sits up. He's like, am I moving too fast? We don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It's very, like, kind of, I felt like it was there as, like, an anti-Brody kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that, but true. He's like, we don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I'm sorry if I'm moving too fast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, no, 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 no. You know what I want right now? Popsicles. So she gets up and goes to the kitchen to get some popsicles. And while they do, who should come home but Noah? And he's going up the stairs, and Wes catches a glimpse of him and flips out. He grabs Claire. He's like, oh my god, we have to go. We have to get out of here. And she's like, what? And he's like, the man, the man in the horn glasses, he found me. He found us. We have to go. And he, he manages to get her outside, and she's like, Wes, um, chill. That's what I've been trying to tell you. That's my dad. And he's like, what the fuck? Is this some kind of trap? 
What is this? Like, complete 360 from what he's, like, freaking, you know, or 180. How is it a trap when you're the one who's, like, fully been instigating everything from the gun? Right. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And he flies off, and Noah comes out, and he's like, who are you talking to? And she's like, oh, no one, no one. And he's like, but you have two popsicles in your hand. And she's just like, ugh. Holds up one for him. Welcome home. <laughs> and yes, Noah liked that. Noah liked that. He's like, ah, popsicle. Thank you. <laughs> Delicious mm-hmm. popsicle. Thank you, Claire. Any thoughts on good old West? Uh, yeah, no, just um, just the very sentence of like, Claire and West are sitting on a couch sharing earbuds listening to an MP3 on a flip phone makes my hip hurt. <laughs> so. <Ugh. laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's just, Yeah. <laughs> Those are not, that's not a thing people do anymore. Mm -mm. (laughs) Technology's moved so fast. Okay. What can Muggles perf to now? (laughs) He'll he'll find things. (laughs) Don't you ever count him out. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Back in feudal Japan, we see Hiro overlooking the enemy camp. And Yaiko's very like, dude, you know, we lost, they won, we need to just go. But Hiro is determined to destroy the guns. And let's be honest, he's also determined to try to save his friend. Because he says, pain has made him cruel, but he is good inside. I don't know about that, bud. (laughs) Um, He seems to fit right into this like a glove. Um, So he tells her, you know, like, it's not going to be safe for you. Uh, Meet me under the cherry blossoms. Because he's got to do what he's got to do. And then Hero leaves. It's a really short scene. That's literally, like, all that happens. Mm-hmm. So. Should, should, should they stay or should they go? Yeah. <laughs> I like how she also is like, you'd risk your life for your faith in him. And he just, like, nods at her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a choice that you're making. <laughs> mm-hmm. Capital C choice. Back to... Oh God. Back to the future. Um, we see Hartsdale again. And, yep, Mori is straight targeting Nikki because he can weaponize her and we see ghosty L again and you know he's just throwing down all the same shit about like oh you're you know you're the reason you know this is you know every bad thing in the world's ever happened and Micah's fucked and you know all you know just whatever you know he needs to say to get her all like shaken up and insecure and violent uh and angry because remember the painting we saw with the blonde. Hmm, that sure, she sure uh, looks like she's wearing the same thing right now. So, uh, Mohinder, <laughs> he basically catches her talking back to the to what I call ghost deal. And uh, it looks like she's talking to herself, you know, because there's no one there besides them. And Mori goes far enough to make Nikki uh, see Bob come out of nowhere and shoot DL. And it kind of makes her snap a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh boy. <laughs> um, so Mohinder is very like, you know, what the hell's going on? Because she's just freaking out to his perspective. And he tries to, like, comfort her and snap her out of it. And uh, so anyway, she knocks him into a wall. <laughs> and <laughs> and she takes the syringe. And she's she's off to do a bad thing. <laughs> because she's all like, ah! Over, you know, the illusions and the mindfuckery of Maury Parkman. Nikki, no! <laughs> Nikki, no! Um, and, and it's like I was saying to Rachel earlier, um, 
God damn. I can't help that my my hardcore Mylar self is just like, man, wouldn't it have been great to have seen Siler in this moment, though, and seen Mohinder have to deal with an illusion of that? <laughs> that would have been amazing. Because, you know, it's funny. You said, and you were right, Nikki could be weaponized. Like, you know, she's the one that Mori, you know, could use to be a danger to the others. I went... And I thought about this for a minute, and I was like, mm, excuse your face, all he has to do is make Bob look like Siler. <laughs> and Mohinder will do absolutely everything in his goddamn power. That is true. To try to kill him. That so, is true. Yeah. I guess, you know, save that for phase two if Nikki didn't work out. I guess so. I'm just, I'm just like, sad at the potential of, uh, of what a fun, like, illusion Siler would have been like, just taunting Mohinder. It's classic. They only had so much time with Quintel for filming, too. I know. I know. I'm just going to live in my little fanfic world of what could have been. <laughs> you know it would have been great. So. It would have. It would have. Yeah. Yeah. There's no Siler in this episode. No um, Alejandro or Maya. Nope. And no Micah and uh, Monica. And guess what? We don't see Siler next week, either. And I have a big bone to pick about it. So, yeah. <laughs> they only had so much time with Quinto. I don't care <laughs> i'm gonna whine no um no i don't know i was just like god damn that would have been like an amazing deleted scene even just oh mm-hmm. there's so much there anyway so yeah nikki's on the loose everybody run that's the summary so. run indeed yeah mm. run hide if you can all right uh rachel i've been really excited for this so um <laughs> Why don't you let us all know how it goes for Hero as he re-enters the camp? I will. It's one of the biggest moments of the season. So, Hero gets back into Whitebeard's camp, and he finds the tent with all of the guns in it. So he opens up a big keg of gunpowder and starts, you know, sprinkling it around in all the boxes. And as he's reaching up for a lantern, which he's going to obviously use to smash and light the fire... Who should stroll in but Kensei? And he is fully, like, masked up right now, too. He's just mm-hmm. in there. And he's like, ah, I thought you'd come here. And Hero's like, this has to end. This many guns in Japan, it will crush history. And we can stop it together, Kensei. And so Kensei's like, you know what? Yeah, we did make a good team, you and I. You showed me how to be a hero, how to love. And then you took it all away. And then a sword fight breaks out. <laughs> And uh, we kind of see a little bit of the the painting come to true, you know, Mm -hmm. come to pass. Mm -hmm. And as they're fighting, Kensei's like, do it, Hero. Stop time. Cut off my head. And Hero refuses. He's like, I won't do it. I still have faith in you. And, of course, this just eggs Kensei on further. The honorable (laughs) Hero Nakamura, he won't kill you. He'll just lie and steal. And and the fight continues. (laughs) (laughs) And... As they're fighting, they knock a lantern over, and uh uh-oh, a fire has started to break out. Whoops. And Hero's like, I only wanted to make you a hero. And Kensei's like, I've never claimed to be anything more than a happy drunk. And Hero is just, like, desperate to break through to Kensei at this point. He's like, don't punish the world for my mistakes. And Kensei's like, I don't want to punish the world, I want to punish you, Hero. Yaiko's right, she's not destined to be my princess, she's destined to die. And that pushes Hero's trigger, so now Hero really fights back on him and gets Kensei knocked down and takes his sword. But then Hero offers him his hand because, again, the tent is on fire. Mm-hmm. 
And Kinsley's like, nope. As long as I have breath in me, everything you love, will, I will lay to waste. I swear. You will suffer. Hero finally gets out of the tent alone. He teleports away as the gunpowder lights on fire and the tent explodes. So, is this the end of Takezo Kensei? Yeah, probably. Who could survive that? Who could survive that explosion? Yeah. This is like Spoilerville population me. But mm-hmm. um, it's so great because this is like a thing that would foretell another um, uh, underestimating somebody who could heal in a fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The whole thing with Siler and then, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> that regen is no fucking joke. Mm-hmm. You were right, madame. Mm. Yeah, so it's, uh, Kensei's got quite the grudge for Hiro. Sure does. Mm-hmm. I love this whole scene. <laughs> I love Hiro struggling with just, I don't know, what he thinks he's done to history. Um, mm-hmm. what he thinks he's done to change this person. Um, still, still trying to, you know, help him out of this darkness. Some people, I mean, you can offer your hand, but they're not going to take it. So it it, it just, you know, it it goes with him. It's like, you know, I know I'm mentioning his name a lot for him not even being in the episode, but it's, it's like, you know, (laughs) when he first went up against Siler, you know, and he saw the person and he hesitated. And so it's another like instance of like, okay, this is a person, but this is a dangerous person. And sometimes you need to just let them explode in a ball of fire. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm Yeah. Like, you did all you could, Hero. He didn't want your help. You can't make him take it. He's got his anger, and uh, you can't talk him out of it, so. Nope. But it's fine, because I'm sure, you know, he's he, he totally died in that blast. It's okay. So. Yeah, he totally died. Rip that guy. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Surely those threats will never come to pass. <laughs> Surely they'll never see each other again. Everything well, everything you love all lay to waste. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be just fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh... So, yeah. Let's, let's go back to the company, huh? See? Oh. See where he's going there. Oh, boy. There's a lot. There's a lot about to, to go down here. So, we're in Bob's office again, and he's showing Nathan company video surveillance of Peter being treated there three months ago. And they're really dining out on this video manager from Cisco that they keep showing... Because there used to be a website where you could log onto it and watch company video footage. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly uh, footage from the season finale of season two. So Bob's like, well, he's gone, though, now. Like, he's not here with us. Nathan won't take that. He wants to know everything. Bob says he was in Cork, Ireland. Then we lost track of him. And before they can continue on this path... Nikki starts punching her way into Bob's <laughs> office, just literally punching the door into splinters. Hey, it's one of the paintings. Mm-hmm. A lot of them this episode. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot checked off. Yeah. And uh, Matt hears the commotion, realizes there's trouble, tries to go and help, but oh shit, he ends up back in that weird room. But this time Molly's there. And Molly says, this is where he keeps me, which is creepy. And we go back to Nikki and she's breaking the door right down. And Matt screams out and then Maury hears it in this place. And they meet up in this little like mental, you know, uh, mind palace. I wouldn't call that a palace. Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
mined um, one bedroom apartment. So they uh, they're in the you know the, the battlefield together again. I guess you could say. And we go back. You know, it's just it flips back and forth like the whole time. Uh, Nathan gets right in Nikki's face to talk her out of this. He's like, think of your son. Think of Micah. And he's able to get through to her, and she stabs herself with the needle instead. And it's like, oh, shit. And she goes, I couldn't get the nightmare out, and I didn't know what else to do. Rot row, Nikki. So we go back to Maury and Matt and Molly. So many M's. You're not joking. And, uh... (laughs) Maury is showing Matt that this place, you know, he's like, hey, you know, this is, you know, you remember this place, Matt? And Matt's like, yeah, of course, it was our place on, and I didn't write down the name of the street, but it's where they used to live. It's it's where they lived when uh, Maury left. Maury is like, look, man, there's not a prison that can hold me, so, you know, you can just deal with this. And Matt decides, no, no, no. This place could be because it's his nightmare now. And they have like this whole little moment where Matt says he can walk right out. Maury says he can't do it because he's still that scared little boy. And, you know, they do all that again. And Matt's like, no, I'm not a scared little boy. Like, I'm a good man. I'm a good cop. And I'm a good father. And all you have are your nightmares. That's all you are. And he basically just bitch slaps him with that. And Matt and Molly... They walk right out of there and they leave Maury behind. So Matt, in that moment, was able to elevate his ability. Because mm-hmm. he can trap Maury in his mind and that's what he does. Because in the conscious world, Maury is out and Molly is still resting. But then, hey, she wakes up. She finally wakes up. Yay. So they didn't, like, you know, really elaborate it very much. But that's what happened. Matt turn the tables on him quite literally and trapped him in his own mind now and that's gonna have big repercussions for matt parkman <laughs> the growth of his power mm-hmm. big big repercussions but yeah what, what did you think of all these these company shenanigans oh boy yeah <laughs> it, it's quite the quite the action sequence that goes through I know. Uh, I liked at the end where like uh when molly's awake they hug and he's like i love you and she's like i heard Oh, yeah, I know. They're so cute. So cute. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like Nathan talking Nikki down, able to get through to her. Which, I mean, See, the balls that he's able to put himself in between her and Bob. Right? Mm-hmm. Honestly. That's the thing I think that's so tragic for people about Nathan. Um, with their whole, like, oh, you know, he's so out of character later on or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's They see moments like that. They see moments like Kirby. And they know that if Nathan was on the right side, he would be such a great ally you know in in all of whatever's gonna come but that's not who he ultimately is and who he becomes so it's a loss i think is what people are dealing with Mm -hmm. is that you know his his potential to be a really great hero but that's not his path it is not sadly especially you know he has to step up because peter's not there yes so when peter's there fulfilling that function then it's like well then what is nathan Mm mm-hmm so, yeah. He's got a goal right now, and that's, like, obviously he's got to find Peter, so Bob has to kind of stay mm-hmm. alive as well. That, too. So it's also very self-serving, if you think of it that mm-hmm. way. He's okay. a fun character. <laughs> I know. He's very... He's a fun character. He's he very complex. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so that's what all goes down in Hartsdale, but we go back to the bad future New York, 
And Peter and Angela are walking out of the detainment slash deportation part of the DHS facility. And he's like, what happens next? You know, where all these people go? And we see Caitlin come up to the fence. And, you know, they've got that moment where they're on the, you know, opposite sides of the chain link fence. And he's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to come back for you. Like he's, he's going to save her. He has to. And they drag her away. And Peter time travels back to the present day because he doesn't have a good handle on not being emotional and using his, his time travel ability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's very the thing we've talked about before. Like, just because Peter can have a power doesn't mean he can master it. You know, it took Hero a long-ass time to yes. get more control over it. So, and Peter's so goddamn emotional! <laughs> <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> Goodbye, Caitlin. Oh, that, um, another reference to the lost volume. Yeah. yeah, I was like, do we want to take this time to reference the fact that that's her fate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think okay. we can. I think it's fair to say. Uh, Caitlin is left trapped in the bad pandemic future. Uh, he is never able to get her out, um, because of how the season had to end short. And, uh, yeah. So it's something people still talk about and still, uh, angst about and complain about when they watch the show for the first time is Caitlin being abandoned in the bad future. So, oops. (laughs) Sorry. I did like Caitlin. I did. But I'd be like, with what happens with the lost volume and the writer strike and everything that just, that they made their choice. They made their, they made their choice. choice. Yep. To focus on other things. They and, could have had it end the same way and just waited until mm. that was done to pick right back up. But you know, cause that would have been a hell of a cliffhanger. Oh yeah. But instead they changed it. So mm-hmm. yes. Yep, yep. yep. Moving on. <laughs> cause I, you and I could talk for like hours. <laughs> oh like, my God. I on this show. I love to pull the wings <laughs> off of that butterfly. Mm, you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we see the aftermath of Whitebeard's camp. And Hero comes across Kensei's burnt mask and he picks it up and then teleports away. And he teleports to the cherry blossoms where he told Yaiko to go wait. And he's like, the army is scattered. Whitebeard has been defeated. And she's like, you saved us all. And then Hero's like, man, but what was the cost? Uh, he was my friend. And I betrayed him and killed him. He's dead. And, you know, rip past. <laughs> <laughs> and Yaiko's like, no, you did all the things that mm. Kensei was great for. As sure as I live, you are Takeso Kensei. Perhaps now you can live happily with his princess. And Hiro considers it for like a moment. And then he declines. It's like, that's not how the story ends. There's the last trial, Kensei and the dragon. The dragon who taught him the way of the sword demanded his love in return, and so Kensei cut out his own heart to save her and Japan. So she's like, is that what you must do now? Cut out your heart. And he gives her her sword back, and he's like, I nearly destroyed time by staying. I have to go. And then Yanko again promises that as long as she has a voice, she will tell the story of Kensei so that the boy Hiro Nakamura will have tales to help him sleep. And Hero's like, and he'll dream of his princess. Mm. And they have a nice little kiss. And then Hero says farewell, steps away. And you can hear him teleport away. And it's just her alone in the cherry blossoms. Hero is Takeso Kensei? Question mark? Oh, there's no, there's no question mark. Mm-hmm. Was he always is the question mark? Oh, no, there's no question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I could argue uh, both I, ways. I could argue both ways. Uh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, my heart is very like, no, he always was. Yes. No, I, I agree with you there, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of time travel fuckery. Like, you can be your own hero. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, 
Hero makes me so sad with the whole, like, he was my friend thing. It's like, sometimes, bud, you like someone more than they like you. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <You> know. <laughs> I understand why Kensei would be pissed at him. Yeah. He comes in, he's like, we're fr- we're buds, I'm building you up, and then the whole time, Hero's behind his back making googly eyes at the girl he's trying to set him up with. Mm-hmm. So I understand the betrayal. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. But Hero's like, okay, yeah, I fucked up, but come on, bud, we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bros before, well, you know. <laughs> I could hear those words coming out of Kensei's mouth. Bros before hoes. He would say that. <laughs> He's it was that a different kind of time, yeah? He's that kind of person. <laughs> uh. Timeline regardless, era regardless, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Goodbye, Japan. Goodbye, feudal Japan. Yeah, goodbye, feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. It's been real. I liked this story um, possibly more than I did the first time around. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll fight people. If they say feudal okay. Japan sucks, I'll fight them. Got my mitts up. I would up. like to see that. I would like to see you use your mitts. <laughs> Got my mitts up. Boof. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, closing that chapter, uh, we are back in Hartsdale. And Nikki is now being treated. She's being treated with Mohinder's blood. And she's like, your nose, does it hurt? Because she broke his fucking nose when she <laughs> threw him against the wall. Oh, no, the paintings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Noah Bennett's twitching somewhere. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, your nose, does it hurt? And he's like, only when I breathe. Because this sass master is feeling just fine. He'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll recover. Sarcastic ass. Okay, so um, they go about the normal course of treatment, but... Uh, Oh no, guess what? The antibodies aren't working. Almost like we were given a sense throughout the episode in foreshadow ways that something was going (laughs) to happen with this foolproof plan. Oh, so apparently this is another strain of the virus and it is immune to Mohinder's blood. Shit. Nikki might just die, you guys. Uh oh. Uh oh, indeed. Oh man. So. That's a quick little a quick little scene and moment for us, and we, oh man, yeah. Like, do you have any thoughts about that? About them being like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll just use Mohinder's blood, and then whoops. Mohinder's like, been saying this for like several episodes. Like, you can't just use this virus. Um, yeah. Yep. Nope. There's no guarantee my blood will continue to work. <laughs> he tried to tell them this is science. It's not just like, oh, it's just gonna always work. No. Yeah. yeah. No. No. As we've unfortunately um, heard a lot about in the real world, <laughs> um, this shit mutates. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's man. why it's so hard to cure it. Different like, strains. That's why, that's why you Different keep getting strains. the cold. That's why you get, like, flu all, over and over again. It all mutates. Yep. Yep. Different versions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So, oof. Rip Nikki? Question mark? Question <laughs> mark? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we don't get much time to linger with that because we boop over to present day Japan and Ando at his desk um sorry let me check my notes uh oh yeah he's actually working (laughs) he's not looking at porn or playing video games or uh fucking around with ancient scrolls (laughs) he's doing work while at work it's wild (laughs) and he looks over to get something out of a like a you know file cabinet and and he turns back around and suddenly, Kensei's charred armor is on his desk. And he turns around, and he sees Hiro, and Hiro's like, 
hey man, I had to get you a souvenir. Just like super chill. Like, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> it's no big. And Anna's like, oh my god, you're alive! And he gets up and he's like, and you're a samurai! And uh, Anna's like, I haven't seen you since we saved the world. And he tells him, you know, it's been like quite some time. And Hero's like, no bomb? And he's like, no bomb! And he's like, we saved the world? And he yatas and it's real cute. <laughs> And he's like, I gotta tell my dad everything. I went on this crazy, you know, adventure. I need to tell him. Where's my father? And Ando, unfortunately, has to be the one to tell him that Kaito is dead. And not just dead. Murdered. <laughs> so. <sighs> dun dun. Ugh, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like somebody threatened to do that very thing. Um, <laughs> oof. I don't know. That's a weird coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> um, we go back one more time to uh, Bob's office and Mohinder. And Mohinder and Bob are, are talking. And Mohinder's like, dude, this strain has no cure. Bob's like, are you certain of these results? Like, You can tell he's like, oh shit, my, my plan is not going <laughs> to work. So they've decided that you know, they're going to keep Mori sedated and they're going to destroy every last vial. Promises. He goes over and he brings him a folder. He's like, here, this is a chance to save Nikki. And he hands Mohinder a folder. And who's in the fucking folder but Claire Bennett. Mm. Way to go, West! <laughs> because right there is the is the article from Debbie that, you know, straight up exposes everything. Um, he's like, you know, her name's Claire Bennett. Like, you remember her father, Noah? And uh, Mohinder's like, well, of course, he's not exactly going to let us take his daughter, is he? And oh boy, here we go. Bob gives him a gun. Oh, I think Noah warned us about this. (laughs) And he says we should be prepared. Because he shows him another folder. And this one has Ivan Spector in it. Who was Bennett's friend and his mentor. Remember last episode? Now he's dead. Noah killed him. He left fingerprints. He's getting sloppy and emotional. And at this moment, Mohinder totally fesses up. He's like, I've been working with Bennett to take down this company because, I mean, hey, man, like, I'm I'm unsure of who's right, who's wrong, and it's time to stop playing games. Like, he's just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's pretty much his way of being like, you're all terrible, but, like, we need to figure this out. And... Bob tells him, you know, there's a storm coming, and Claire is the key. Her regenerative abilities could cure the virus. So Mohinder's like, you know, he wants to do this for Nikki, so he takes the gun. Oh, another painting could come true, perhaps. Dun-dun. There's a gun? There's a boy? (laughs) A boy! (laughs) Noah's fucked. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. I don't know, how, how is Noah about it doing right now? Oh, he's, uh, chillin'. <laughs> <laughs> he's at home with, uh, the camera. They took the photos on, and Sander comes up to him, and she's like, did you meet him? And <laughs> Noah's like, um, who? <laughs> and she's like, uh, Claire's boyfriend. And he's like, oh my god, there's a boy! <laughs> he doesn't do that, but you can tell in his head, he's like, He pretty much boy. does, though. <laughs> Like, the way that, like, um, Coleman has his head, like, whip around, like, it's so good. There's a boy. Ah. And Sandra's real chill about it. She's like, oh, he's nice, you know, uh, we can't be the, you can't be the only man in her life for forever. 
And, uh, you know, he knows, like, oh, great, that means that the painting is coming to pass further. And we go up to Claire's room. And Claire's trying to text West, who's completely ghosted her because he's freaked the hell out right now. And Noah comes up and drops the newspaper article on Claire's lap. He's like, what the hell is this? I asked you to do one thing, keep your nose clean, and this happens. And she's like, ugh, Debbie was drunk, no one's gonna believe her. And he's like, did your boyfriend make you do this? Um, he did. (laughs) But... You know, your tiny rebellions are putting this family in danger. And I love that line. I love it so much. Same. And Claire gets up in his face. Well, where were you, Dad? Out abducting people? And it's like, oh, rare, rare. Because we all know you weren't at that paper conference or whatever. I love Claire fighting back and not taking his bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because you're both doing shit. (laughs) They both are. Like father, like daughter, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And so they go downstairs, and Lal and Sandra are like, what the hell's happening? And he's like, yep, it's not safe anymore. Everyone pack your bags. We're going. And Claire's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's like, if you're leaving, you can go without me. So, yeah. Look what you You did. You forgot the iconic moment where Lyle's like, what's going on? And she turned around and went, shut up, Lyle. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Because we all said it so much. (laughs) Poor Lyle. He only has like five lines a season. He does. If that. So yeah, that's uh, the Bennett or the Butler family is in crisis right now. (laughs) The Butlers are on the move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything on that before I finish our little episode up here? Um, no, I just, I love Coleman just being like, Claire has a boyfriend. (laughs) So I just said like, he's been given a death sentence. Like, oh, Because he great. has. <laughs> yeah. Delightful. Mm-hmm. I love the family drama and the Bennett slash Butler, you know, clan. Yeah. Just all the time. Season one, season two, I'm always here for it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, take it on home, dude. So, Peter's in Montreal still. And you can see him, like, trying to focus to go back, but he just can't do it. So he's pacing around. He picks up the note that was left, and he's like, I don't know any Adam. And then behind <laughs> me, here's a noise. And so, what's the logical thing to do? Throw a bolt of lightning at it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Peter could have been a, a rat. It could have been. What? He just throws it lightning. Could have been at like it. a security guard. Like, like yeah. Let's let's first, you know, murder. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And we see a hand that's charred, and then it heals. And then we see a man step out from behind the curtain. And oh, this is someone very familiar to us. Wait, isn't that Kensei? <laughs> And he's like, Peter, what the hell was that? And Peter's all like, wait, how do you know who I am? You know who I am? And he's like, of course I do. It's me, Adam. Don't you remember? <laughs> you and I are going to change history. <laughs> to be continued. Uh, local neighborhood dogs can hear <laughs> my squeak. <laughs> Sup, Adam? Oh my god. We have now successfully dodged beeping out Adam's name for the season. Hey. <laughs> we we kept calling Kensei Kensei the whole time. I'm proud of us. Yes. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Kensei's all fine and well and good, but I love Adam Monroe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Siler who? What? <laughs> right? Siler <laughs> who? Know. Tyler, what? 
<laughs> Who's yeah. that bitch? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, talk about a character who got boned by the Lost Volume. Like, oh. Don't even get me started. So much <laughs> setup. Yeah. Right. There's setup. There's we'll stuff that's of- never going to be answered. <sighs> we'll have plenty of time. We'll have plenty of time yep. mm-hmm, to complain mm-hmm. about it. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show once again, everybody, Mr. David Anders. <laughs> hey! Oh my god. I-, I could watch that scene of him blasting him and then just like being so chill, just like, Peter, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, come on. I said I'd be right back. Like, <laughs> like what? Peter, what the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah. If-, if anyone listening to this podcast will, will, you know, get a sense of anything, it's my list of ships on the show, and boy, are these ones, oh, uh, these are a big one. Mm-hmm. These two are a big one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You'll see. They don't even have that much time together, but every little moment counts. Yeah, and you'll, you'll get the glimpse into why, especially in the next episode. Ah! So. <laughs> I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very excited. <clears throat> Yeah, so, um, you know, Adam Monroe, the guy who is very um, manipulative and apparently dangerous and can take people like Maury Parkman and weaponize them, he's best friends with Peter Petrelli, so just think about that for two seconds. <laughs> the guy that was talking about Holocaust and plagues. Yay! <laughs> and yeah. rooting the world of humanity. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> That guy has uh, arguably one of the more powerful characters on the show, if not most powerful, under his thumb. Mm-hmm. Tune in. See what happens. Yes, ma'am. And then, you know, if you really want to dig into, you know, a little bit of that being a fun scenario, he used to know his mommy. <laughs> 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 so that's just all kinds of fucked up. And I love it. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Well, welcome to welcome to Adam Monroe Fangirls and Adam Monroe Podcast. <laughs> we we mostly just went through season one so we could get to this point. Fact. Uh, he's in your top three list, is he not? Yeah. Of characters number three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three with a bullet. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He ranks above Siler for me. So yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in my tops. He's not in my. Th- three but he's he's in my tops mm-hmm. he's he's a delight he's a goddamn delight <laughs> we get to wax more on adam and Roe coming up here he is the reason in this part of his role that i nagged this one to watch alias <laughs> it's like if you like adam you'll love sar <laughs> like, yeah. it's like we said earlier he, he plays the villain so he does real well mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> anyway yeah um definitely a lot of big stuff happening in this episode it really has the feeling of like a, oh shit we need to we need to start getting there like you know it would have been their mid-season finale so um coming up mm-hmm. so we're at the point where they really are starting to have consequences and have storylines end and new storylines begin and you know introducing new characters all that fun stuff yeah. Do we want to talk about deleted scenes? Yes, let's move on to the two deleted scenes of the episode. Which one would you like to, which one would you want? We'll, we'll flip back and forth. Oh, I, I would absolutely love to handle this one with Sandra and West. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Cool. So Sandra is trying to change some light bulbs and she's complaining about their vaulted ceilings. 
And she has to change them out to these new eco-friendly ones. Remember what I said about NBC's Green Week <laughs> and, like, their whole initiative thing? This is that as well. And um, West is there, and he offers to help. And she goes to leave. And so, obviously, he just flies up and does it because, I mean, hello, he can fly. And But then Claire comes right down the stairs and sees him, which, okay, it could have easily been Lyle. Like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> come on, Wes. You gotta, you gotta not. You just gotta calm down. And she comes down the stairs and, you know, and she sees him. And she it's so great because it's, like, it's a deleted scene, so it's, um, it doesn't have completed uh, visual effects. So he's on the wires, <laughs> which I love. Yep. And so you can see when Claire's, like, you know, she runs down the stairs and she pulls him down. Like, you can see her, like, pulling Nicholas D'Agosto down, like, on wires. <laughs> um, and uh, when she gets him down, Sandra walks back in and... She calls West a godsend, which is like <laughs> wink, like it's not subtle. And um, she's like, "Well, you know, you should also do the the bulbs in the in your dad's den." But I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go do yoga in the park. And so, you know, because she's living that California lifestyle now. Mm-hmm. It's really adorable. I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of Sandra just doing Sandra stuff in season two. Yeah, like yeah, you get a better sense of her in season one. Like oh, I don't know. I just I like Sandra so much. So, like, Claire's like, hey, you know, like, good job. Uh, you know, you've, you've really impressed my mom. She loves you now. And he's like, yeah, now it's your dad's turn. And he heads for the office. And she's like, no, wait. <laughs> like, has to intercept him. Because, hello, that's the horn-rimmed glasses man's office. So, can't have that getting out. And she stops him. And she's like, she's like, come on, dude. Like, you're at a cheerleader's house. And your parents aren't home. And you want to change some light bulbs? And he's like, ah, fair point. I am a teenage boy. <laughs> <laughs> they start kissing, and uh, which stops him from seeing the many photos of Noah Bennett in that office. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cute scene. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I think they misjudged yeah, when Green Week was. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why they also um, cut this one. Yeah, because I think, like, I don't, like, oh, God, that might have even been, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Green Week. It was wild. <laughs> it very much was like... like eco-friendly light bulbs because you don't have my to be eco-friendly to light bulb. yeah it was like it was all very awkward like that mm-hmm. which is why 30 rock making fun of it was so fucking great like they every year they did it every year they made fun of it it was like yes you you get it mm-hmm. um but uh yeah so that's that's the thing there um I just, uh, yeah, like I said, I adore the, the messiness of a, of a deleted scene not having completed uh, VFX. Just seeing him on wires just makes me giggle. Yes. Um, I like seeing how the sausage is made, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like how any of the scenes that were deleted scenes, you know, with like uh, with like Hiro and Kensei and Yaiko, like you can straight up see when the actors just freeze. Like it's not smoothed out at all. Like. Mm-hmm. It's delight. It's delightful. I don't know. I love that stuff. I like the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Anyway, why don't you? Uh... <laughs> Again, this should have been left in. I did like this, this next one, one, but I see why they cut it. Probably because this might have slowed the end of the episode a little bit. Probably, but again, it's like we were saying before. I love seeing Nathan do what Nathan needs to do. Yes. It's more character. Fits his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, this one is called She Can Find Peter. And, like I said, this will take place near the end of the episode, because Matt is getting ready to take Molly home. And he goes out to Nathan, who's watching him, and he's like, alright, I'm gonna take her home, get her all set, and then we'll get right on Adam's trail. And Nathan's like, uh, Adam's trail? 
Molly can find him anywhere in the world. She can find Peter. And Matt's all, no, 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 no. I made that mistake <laughs> once. I'm not going to do it again. And Nate's all, fine, I'll ask her myself then. And Matt intercepts him, and he's like, no, listen, I'm her father now. You need to respect that. We need to just let her be a kid. And he takes Molly, and he leaves. And Nathan, you could tell, like, ooh, that's, like, itching. He wants to ask her, but he does actually respect Matt. And yeah. doesn't step around him and ask Molly. And he looks kind of huffed about it, but he lets him go. He looks really huffed about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yep. That's his chance to find his brother walking out the door. Yep, yep, yep. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I really, uh, yeah, I love this scene. It's very, Nathan just being very no-nonsense, very let's get to the point. Like, no, we have a girl here. She knows where people are. Just ask her. Like Matt's like, no, let's thank not, you. Let's not fuck around. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think we got into this hospital room in the first place, bud? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Especially because they yeah. don't know at that time what Adam is capable of. What what he what exactly? His deal is. They don't know a goddamn thing about mm-hmm. him. Yeah, like in terms of powers or yeah. Nope, so. nope, nope. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Just those yeah. two, two little ones. Mm-hmm. Trimmed for time, no doubt. No doubt, an awkwardness. <laughs> My eco-friendly light bulbs. Uh- <laughs> yeah, that's. It's our episode. Out of time. Really, man, they were, like, out of time in the past and the future. I know. It's very... It's an apt title, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but don't worry, because we're going to do lots of time travel next week. Ooh. In four and, months ago? What? Yeah, remember how everyone keeps being like, oh, that happened three months ago. That happened two weeks ago. Oh, that happened four months ago. You're about to see most of what that is. <laughs> yep. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not all of it, as I will bitterly say. Mm-hmm. Most of it. <laughs> all right. Shall I uh, share the socials? Yes, please tell us our socials, Keisha. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Eclipse Podcast. If you want to follow our individual accounts... I am at Lady underscore Snark. Rachel is at that burb there. Burb of the bee, like little Bobby Bishop. Uh, what are you tweeting about lately? Animal Crossing. <laughs> God. Um, what the fuck was the last thing I It's been new about? tweets, though. It's not been like, oh, it was two weeks ago. They're new things. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the only thing I'm tweeting about is I tried watching a show and it was not good. And so now I'm watching something else. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, you can also send us an email. We are eclipsepod at gmail.com. We have a Discord and an Instagram. They'll both be linked to in the show notes. That pretty much covers it, yes? I think so. Cool. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you are listening to this on your podcast app of choice, feel free <laughs> to uh, review us. Rate us. Leave us a kind word. We appreciate it. We appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody responding on the uh, Discord uh, to our most recent episodes. Uh, If you saw, we released two last week. We obviously did our regularly scheduled episode recap, but we also have a bonus episode floating around um, just talking about what a Heroes movie or further adaptation in the media could be. So check that out. Uh, otherwise, we will see you next time. We are going to fill in some gaps in this season two story, and I am excited for it. But thanks for joining us, and bye-bye. Bye. Next time on Eclipsed. Four months ago, two brothers came together to try to save the world as a group of people with interconnected lives looked on. What happened next? We'll find out. Well, 
for most of them. Tune in.